Welcome to True Crime Sucks, a podcast about the best and worst of true crime TV and documentaries. With your host, Adam Todd Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to True Crime Sucks, a podcast about the worst and best of true crime TV and documentaries. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host this week, Kim Crawls here. Kim, how's it going? Good. How are you? I am fine. I started my day finishing this documentary, so oh, real barn burner of a morning. Very fun. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Of course, Kim is here because we are covering the second installment of the documentary, The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. This is a roller coaster of a documentary. And I'm going to level with you. I do not think they should rename it to the victimized and abused case of it's not curious anymore. Like, it's pretty fucking obvious what has happened to this girl. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to change the name of the documentary, though. I know. It just feels very victimy blaming, I feel like. like. Well, yeah. I mean, the first season, they do, I think, do a pretty decent job of making it seem like, was this, was there something wrong with this person? And then they, like that all flies out the window in season two. Yeah. Really? I feel like at the end of season one, I was like, no, this just seems like an abused, yeah, mostly, disabled but, person. Yeah. At the <laughs> end, you feel that way. But yeah. leading up to it, I think they do a good job of leaving some mystery to it. And even the way this one ends, it's like, well, now what? I don't know. I have thoughts on that, but we'll wait till the end so we don't give away. Yeah. And I guess we'll have to wait until season three. I don't look them up. Look them up on TikTok. Like they have the man's family has a TikTok. The man's family is where this documentary starts. That is Natalia Grace's new family. And there's lots of recap at first. We meet the man's family and they seem nice. Very religious. Uncomfortably religious at times where you're like, okay, we get it. You believe in God. We got it. You don't have to uncomfortably at times, but very religious. I mean, I know religious people are not a monolith, and this isn't going to be completely accurate, but I feel like you can draw a line when it comes to religious people and how cool they are. Do they care if you cuss or not? Are they going to reprimand you every time you say shit? If so, shut up. I will cuss all I fucking want to. Yeah. But otherwise, and that, like, that becomes a thing later on. We'll get to it. But yeah, I mean, but also at the same time, at least they're not pepper spraying her and making her stand and they, against and the didn't, wall with her forehead the mom met or her the man's mom like the the new mom that's confusing cynthia sentence Mans. cynthia mans thank you she met her at like the adult school getting their ged or something right and she was like like this was first season and she was like you're not 22 you're nine and she was like no i'm 22 i i guess and Cynthia Manns was the one who was like, they meant like going to like college or like, you know, like college age people. And she took them in, her in. I think we're ignoring an obvious question here. Did Natalia Grace pass the GED at like nine? No, she's trying to get her GED now. She says that at the end of the documentary, oh, she's okay. trying to get her GED. Okay. Yeah. I thought she met, met her. Like, I, I just thought maybe I missed that from the first season where they like sent her off to get a GED. Damn. No, she went to like adult school of some kind. And yeah, yeah. in that class, Cynthia Manns was like, you're a child. Yeah. Why aren't you in regular child school? Yeah. So they're good people. They're just very religious, like not okay with swearing religious. 
So yeah. we, we yeah. start with the man's family, a recap. And yeah, there's lots of recap at the beginning. And I don't know if you haven't seen the first season, but you're listening to this podcast, go watch the first season of this documentary. If nothing else, go listen to the first episode we did about the first season. But yeah. eventually, as the first episode carries on, new details do start coming out, like the pepper spray stuff. Christine Barnett would pepper spray Natalia when she acted up. And like we find out eventually it didn't happen that much. But also, I have yet to pepper spray a single child in my life, and I bet I never will. So I, I would argue that a couple times is too many times to have pepper sprayed a child. And that's like a very common thing amongst abusers and people who are abused the to like ju not justify it, but kind of like make it okay in their head. Like he only touched me once, you know, and like, so it's yeah. like, so he didn't like rape me my whole life, you know, but then when you like start talking, it's like, yeah, once is enough. That's bad. You know what? Like, cause they, they both, it was like, it only happened a few times and you're a hundred percent right. One time is a million times too many times. You know, can you yeah. imagine pepper spraying a little girl, a, a, a fucking disabled little girl? Kim, if I was getting charged by a bear, and had to pepper spray that bear, I would feel bad about pepper spraying that bear. I can't fucking imagine pepper spraying someone just for like sport. Like it wasn't yeah. even because the first time she did it, she was like, well, here's what's going to happen if you act up. You haven't acted up yet, but psh, that's what will happen if you do ever act up in the future. And sure enough, at one point later on down the road, she pepper sprayed her again. And by act up, it was like, asking a question about what do you want me to say about my, you know, not being able to answer this bizarre, like not going along with this bizarre story that they had made up. Yeah. One thing I want to know is what is Christine Barnett's life right now? Oh my God. I tried to Google it so bad. There's not a lot of information. She lives in Florida. Yeah. I feel like she maybe just made enough money that she's like, all right, I'm just going to stay out of the public eye now. Because she obviously doesn't appear in this. And I mean, yet, like not really. They there's some recordings and things, but I have a lot of questions about her and what's going on with her right now. Yeah, I. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just looking at some of the comments. Someone mentioned oh. that's the orphan movie. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, is. That's what they. Yeah. It's like the whole selling point of the first season is that this is orphan and that comes up. When Natalia is like, everything they said about me, they just stole from the movie Orphan. And I think that's what made this documentary so compelling at first, like when they were just advertising it, because it really yeah. was like they really were selling it like, look, this is like the movie Orphan. And it's actually nothing like. Oh, man, it would have been so much better if it was oh, yeah. like the movie Orphan. That would have been bad as shit. Yeah, I would have. I would, we would not be as bummed out. I can't read the comments because you know how I, my, my brain will just be like, oh, right, we're recording. Yeah, I'm um, just so I will, on them every once in a while. I will rely on you to tell me what is good. So much, but yeah, Natalia is like, did they, like this, now she's 22 and she's like 19. She's, you know, she's like, did they steal this plot from the movie Orphan? Like, yeah. Like, she's almost like, that's embarrassing for them. You know, like, what a weird. And speaking of that, uh, same person in the comments, did Orphan come out first? I actually have the means to 
find that out. And I ran it through Google. And yes, it came out in 2009. <laughs> it was like, so, do you yeah. mean the internet? <laughs> yeah, it did. It, Orphan obviously came out first. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah. where would they get this fucking story from? Yeah. So the orphan came out for. Yeah. So, all right. We start out. It recaps the whole last thing. Yeah. So they adopt Natalia from Ukraine. She was five at the time. So that was technically right before Orphan came out, I guess. But things seemed like they were okay for a little bit. But they adopted her from another. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I'm, let me back up. The Ciccone family adopted Natalia from Ukraine in 2008. And there's this weird thing where throughout this whole documentary, the whole second part, Michael Barnett, who is... We'll get there. We'll we'll get there. He keeps him. denying that he ever met the Ciccone family. And it's got to be for legal reasons because it's, it's obvious they met. Like, yeah, it has to be because she's like, I remember. And he's gaslighting this little girl like, oh, I hate him. I think I hate yeah. him more than the other one. And somehow, I don't know how, why, but I think it's because he has the balls to look her in the eye and lie some more. I don't know. We'll get to him. Yeah. But I mean, also, there's something to be said for having the balls to do that. And like, at least appear on camera and talk about it but the like entire time he was like mm, i'm also i'm the victim and it's like no you're a grown man that yes was abused by a woman yes i will not deny that but like she was a child like just he made it like his apology was like but you also feel sorry for me too right like yeah he's jonestowning a whole lot i hate him <laughs> yeah he's I, he's coming out of that like oh my god like, you won't believe what happened to me and it's like you were doing it like that's yeah. what happened with Jonestown. I say that all the time. Like the first wave of victims who came out of Jonestown were all the people who were running Jonestown, who were never going to get poisoned by Flavor Aid. So yeah, there's there's a lot of that going on. I think the bigger problem with Michael is I could it's his face and it's his, his personality face. and his personality. It's just his whole vibe. Like I could be watching him enduring the most unjustified and heinous abuse. And I feel like I'd still somewhere in the back of my head be like, but what's with those fucking sideburns? Like, come on, dude. Or on, or the, when he came back to apologize again and he had a hat on, it's like, you couldn't have bothered yeah. to shower for this. Like you couldn't have bothered to put on a nice shirt. Like, fuck off. I yeah. hate him. He looked like yeah. he just got off his shift tuning Limp Biscuits guitars. Like, oh my God, you're so right. He had the backwards red hat. Ah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think I hate him. I hate him. I know I, they could be like, Christine set an orphanage on fire. And I'm like, I still really hate that guy. But maybe it's because we didn't ever see her. I mean, she's a right. monster. Don't get me wrong. She's no. a monster, but he doesn't get to claim that while he was a part of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, to some extent, but like when you get into, like, we're jumping way ahead, but yeah, let's, should we, they do have like a, confrontation of sorts where he and Natalia actually get to talk and the story about her beating Natalia like that's where he kind of loses me like I mean not kind of loses me like he never really had me but I was buying up to that point like yeah it does seem kind of like Christine victimized a lot of people and people were scared of her but I don't know if I was married to a woman and she just started randomly beating the shit out of a disabled child and was like, you'll never see your kids again. If you say anything, I feel like I'd be like, you're never going to see your fucking kids again. I'm absolutely going to say something like yes. that's and, such and, like, 
That's also while he's like, describing the abuse to her to like describing to uh, Natalia, like w- him watching and her being like, he's like one time when we were in Canada and like, he, she was like, she was telling me I'd never see the kids again. And all I could think was, well, you guys were in Canada when you left a nine year old disabled person in a, a, a her own apartment that had 17 stairs. Fuck off. Like he's like, this yeah. is what was hard for me. And it's like, you were in Canada. You fled the, like I just there was never a moment that I was like I'm on that guy's side. I'm like yeah. So oh, anyway, I hated him. Back, yeah. back to back to the timeline. Yeah, we'll really they, get we yeah. The Ciccone family adopts her. They eventually pass her off to the Barnett family after trying a bunch of different families, and it really sucks that she didn't end up with literally any of the other families before. The other the three families wanted her so bad. Yeah, that part is heartbreaking, but. And- would we have this content if that happened? No. Yeah. So no. Argue but they that. and they act they they act like they're like, well, why did that family why did the Chaconis give her away? Because she was a disabled little girl that required lots and lots of surgeries. And I'm not saying that that's okay, but I'm like, that makes more sense to me than being like, she's evil and in 20. Yeah, that gets likely- lost a lot in this when people are talking about Natalia. The, the thing people always seem to like lose sight of a little bit is a doctor and a dentist, and we'll get there, like both confirmed that she was a child. So anything that happened with these other families, that's just like troubled child shit. Like that's a yeah. child who's been through some trauma. She's had, she's been abused. She's been passed around from family to family. She's going to act up. Maybe she's going to hit kids. Maybe she'll steal shit, but that's yeah. just a kid going through kid stuff and people a whole lot in this documentary reflect on all that and are like see maybe it was worse than people thought and it's like no she's a kid she's She's a kid who went through some pretty horrific abuse and like her formative years a disabled kid who went through abuse in the ukraine which was sort of like a weird thing that we're probably going to get to but then was also like then shipped, like taken away from her mother, like her, like, you know what I mean? Like her first few years of her life taken away from her mother, some other abuse flown across the country and the move from family to family. That's going to fuck you up. That's going to yeah. make you hit kids. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And oh, the Disneyland incident <sighs> or Disney World incident. Sorry. That's really sad. That's a thing that happened after the Chaconis passed off Natalia to the Barnett's. They end up taking her to Disney World, and she claims that while she was there, she saw the Chaconis and was like, oh, hey, that's my mom. And Christine mm-hmm. was like, nah, I'm your mom now. And like, imagine being a child and like just that alone is going to fuck a kid up. Also, that's what you say. No, I'm your mom now. You yeah. sit her down and you be like, this is what, like, how come this was not explained? Like, no one in this scenario was kind to this child. Like, no, I'm your mom now. Let's ride the Matterhorn. Like, did she get to ride the Matterhorn though? I don't think she probably could ride the Matterhorn. Yeah, it was just not. the only thing I could think I, of that was at Disney yeah. World. Yeah. The, the Magic Kingdom? Mm. The Peter Pan ride? The teacup thing, maybe? I don't think anybody wants to ride that ride. Yeah. 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 For good reason. Uh, Natalia says the pubic hair story was false. And I, I believe her what that like, here's the thing. She could have had the most pubic hair a person has ever had. It doesn't change the fact that two medical professionals 
in writing confirmed she was the age she says she was. Yeah. And also like people develop at different times. She was like yeah. eight, I think at that time. And like, that is really early, but I know girls who, who got boobs and sort of their period around that time. And it sucks, but like, and they also bring up the teeth. Like there's pictures of her playing with the daughter of one of the families that wanted to adopt her. That I wish they would have adopted. Her. Yeah. The a family, all little people like would have been fucking perfect. And She's showing pictures and she's like, look at her teeth. Like this picture and this picture are two months apart. Look how much her teeth changed. Like that specifically happens when you're like six and seven years old, which is the age she was. And as if that's not enough, Christine Barnett took her to a dentist and was like, I think she's older than she says she is. Can you confirm it somehow? And he's like, yeah, we can just do x-rays. If she's got baby teeth and she's a baby, you know? Yeah, she's still a child. And sure enough, she had 12 baby teeth. So I don't care how much pubic hair she had. And didn't the dentist also say like, yeah, she talked eloquently and more uh, like maturely. But then we did the x-rays and it was like, yeah, that's a child. That's a yeah. undoubtedly a child. She's been through some adult shit. Yeah, at nine already. Before she even met the Barnetts, she'd been through some adult shit. And also it comes up that Christine Barnett was like, grooming her to be a genius like she did with her other kid her other kid just happened to be a genius he she did nothing to do that that poor kid yeah that poor kid who kicked natalia down the stairs but also grew up in the same house you know yeah michael was in the same house too is that which one is that one the dad oh no i mean children though you know what i mean like we can't excuse natalia for hitting other kids for being abused. You don't, you can't tell me that that kid in the first season who clearly lives in someone's basement didn't have something happen to him. Yeah. It's probably his dad's basement, right? I think so. Yeah. I think, I think they made amends and then, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, well, Christine wrote a book called the spark. The Are we getting, am I, am I skipping ahead? I mean, we don't have to follow it beat by beat, but yeah, that's the thing. Christine, while in the midst of just savagely abusing Natalia is writing parenting books about how to turn your kids into a genius and about how she, not only that, but she's also working with, like she started a foundation that was dedicated to ending the mistreatment and abuse of people with disabilities. Meanwhile, she is pepper spraying her adopted daughter who is disabled. Like it's just further proof that there are like, Like, it doesn't matter what a person's social media image is. Like, there are people out there who are just straight up psychopaths. Christine Christine Barnett should be dragged through town behind a moving truck. Like, she is a fucking monster. Monster. And she seems like an unfixable monster. Like, she should be somewhere, like, separated from society. The fact that she's just in Florida living her life, raising two other kids is bananas. I hope she gets attacked by a shark on land. I hope she's at a Walmart and gets attacked by a shark in Florida. I don't know. That'd be fun. That would be really fun. That is a very Florida story. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like flopping around in back of someone's truck, flop the right way, lands on her. Ah. Yeah. But I want it to be like not quick. I want her to bleed out. I want to kidnap her, take her back to the ocean. <laughs> Pepper sprayer. Sprays her a bunch. That's not good shark. 
I would I would love that because that's that's and that's the other thing like they they're it the reason why they adopted her is so they could be like look how great of people we are yeah that's when we move into episode two that's what becomes kind of the main talking point is what we just said christine had this whole image of being this like the kind of mother who writes books and people buy them like she wrote a book about raising that genius kid and got a six hundred thousand dollar book deal and then for one thing fucked him out of the two hundred thousand dollars he was supposed to get the kid i mean yeah and then the suspicion is that that's why they adopted natalia her next book her next project her next project child was going to be well i turned this autistic kid into a genius and now i'm going to take this disabled girl and also make her a genius and who knows what else fucking run was she going to make her like an olympic athlete i have no idea but she adopted her for the social media points like it's the thing you hear about people doing with pets and you're like don't fucking do that don't don't adopt a dog because you think it looks cool on social media but this was a person this was a vulnerable person a very vulnerable person who didn't and christine viewed her as like a shelter pet basically and when the shelter pet didn't behave in the exact way that she wanted her to for her social media image, she abused, she not only abused her, but started figuring out a plan to get rid of her without being like, we sent her back because that looks bad. Yeah, that's the other part of the whole social media image thing is she couldn't just be like, well, this one's broken, uh, sending her back and maybe we'll try this again with a different kid because all those people she bragged to on social media about adopting a child with disabilities are going to be like, what happened to the old one? What, <laughs> what happened to the first one? Yeah. The one that you like, this is clearly like, a whole different set of disabilities. What happened to the other girl? Like she was going to have to answer those questions. And she, and instead she was like, nah, I'm going to pretend you're 22 and <laughs> drop you off in one of the sketchiest parts of all of Indiana. If you know anything about Lafayette. It's also wild place where do you get that idea what a bizarre idea Be, i mean obviously besides the orphan but you know what i mean like we'll say she had pubic hair like there's like how like what what goes on in your monster brain that you're like will make her 20 how and how do you get people to agree that she's 20 how did this happen well i think one of the key pieces here like one of the real demons in this is that family doctor because all these other doctors that they took her to were like, yeah, she's like eight, nine at best. Yeah. And this one doctor who was a family friend had been a family friend for years and years and years. He was the one who was like, uh, yeah, she told me she's like 18, 19. So yeah, I'm going to say she's like 18, 19. And that is the doctor that the courts took into consideration when they made the ruling that she was 22. And Let me ask you a question. They interview that doctor and he's like, yeah, I guess my personal relationship with the parents might have played into that decision. It's like, oh, you think, fuckface? That guy should get his license revoked. Absolutely. License, yeah. Doctor, his doctor license? Yeah. 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 Medical license. license revoked. Yes. And let me ask you, what, what's wild to me about this entire thing is that the court was like, yeah, all right, we'll listen to your friend. Like, you're, yeah, he's a doctor, but, you know, we'll listen to the one. I just, I feel as though... If you take a kid 
to a court and you're like, this doctor says that they're 19. Will you re-age them? We adopted them from the, we adopted her from the Ukraine. So we're not really, we're kind of fuzzy. We thought she was nine, but she's 22. Can you re-age her? Like, why wasn't the court like, yeah, we're going to need a little bit more than just that guy who, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm not mistaken, it comes up in the first series that re-aging a person who's been adopted is not that unusual because sometimes records get mixed up and the age is just off by a few years usually but what, not, 10, yeah 12 but years that's the thing they had the big problem here is no one was arguing for natalia she didn't have a lawyer like yeah. no one came to her and was like are you really 22 no one asked there's a part later on where she talks to one of her former neighbors and Natalia is like, why didn't you just come ask me any of this stuff? And, oh, I was waiting for that woman to be like, because you were a kid. But she didn't say it. I know that's no. what she wanted to fucking say was because you, oh, you were clearly a child. But she couldn't say that because all the shit that happens to her after is contingent on her being an adult. All the shit that this neighbor was like, yeah, that's what I do too. fucking kick her out. Oh. What a wild documentary. Then there's the interview. Natalia and Michael decide they're going to sit down and talk. And one of the first things Michael says is a bad guy wouldn't be here doing this. And it's like, shut the fuck him. up, you sociopath. Of course. You I hate do. him so much. Fuck you. Like, fuck you. Yeah. God, I wonder the what the medal will say. You cunt. Like, oh, I hate him. Here's the thing. I accept that Antoine Mann is a little overbearingly religious. And it does become a bit of a problem at one point during this. That said, the part where he gives a super long Ray Lewis Super Bowl pep talk to her at the door before she goes in, I found very funny. Cuz it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like he did it in the car. Like they open the door and Michael's sitting right there. And he just goes into fucking coach hyping up the team before the big game mode with all the Jesus talk you would expect from someone like Ray Lewis, like all of it. I was like, that's funny. That's you're funny. right. I didn't even think that they opened, he opened the door and then he's like, now I'm going to give you the pep talk. <laughs> and Michael's just sitting there like, <laughs> and he's saying stuff like that devil in there. That's like, <laughs> that's funny. That's that's really funny. funny. That was really funny. But then they sit down and Natalia, she has questions and her main question is why, why did you adopt me? And the part where Antoine being a little aggressively religious, the part where that becomes a problem is here because yeah. first Michael cusses, he says like shit or something. And Natalia's like, try not to cuss. And then a couple minutes later, Michael says, hell. And Antoine is like, there will be no demons in this house. It's like, <laughs> dude, calm down. Like, that is you, not what you're there for. At that moment, I was like, how much are they getting paid for all of this? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? At that moment, it was so ridiculous that he was yeah. like, are you in a church? Is this, are you the pastor? You know what I mean? It was so ridiculous that I was like, there is a producer back there being like, are you going to stand for this? You know what I mean? Like that, it was so crazy that it had to have been provoked of some kind or they're getting paid. You know what I mean? Like, and it was so frustrating because that wasn't the point 
of being there, but it gives Michael all the justification he needs to like start crying basically and storm out of there. I hate that guy. <laughs> I hate him so much. I like hate he's him. like, I'm going to make this about me. I was a part of the abuse and now I'm going to storm out and I was being the good guy today. And I, 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 and yeah. like yeah, it, by a car. he needed to just like avoid all of the questions altogether. Also, yeah. why was that lawyer there? We'll get into the lawyer in, in I mean, episode if I three. Was Michael, I would want a lawyer fucking everywhere I went. I don't like that lawyer. I didn't mind that lawyer in the I, first season. I don't like the lawyer, but he's doing his job. Like I, Michael's his client. Like I bet he doesn't fucking like Michael Barnett a whole lot. But, yeah, but episode when we get to episode three, we get to the lawyer when he was like kind of talking shit about the little girl that was abused and is disabled. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Happy late new year, everybody. This is Adam, host of the podcast you're listening to right now. Just dropping in with a word from this week's sponsor, Factor. Have you gotten started on those new year's resolutions yet? Me neither. But I have good news. You can get started on those resolutions with Factor. So you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready to eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, the cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan plus veggie, and more. Plus, over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Head to factormeals.com slash true crime sucks 50. That's five zero, not the word 50, to get 50% off your first order. You can't afford not to try it with savings that huge. That's code true crime sucks 50 at factormeals.com slash True Crime Sucks 50 to get 50% off. And hey, thanks. Let's get back to the show. So Michael storms out. Yeah, Michael stormed out. They moved he gets in. in his white Miata that he's that he yeah. drives. I hate uh, him. Yeah, yeah, that fucking guy. They did bring up a thing. I think it was Michael or it might have been the lawyer who talks about Natalia cracking open a Cosmopolitan magazine at the age of six and just like reading the article like perfectly. And he's like, how would a child that age be able to read something like that? It's like, dude, sometimes kids are smart and sometimes also, kids can read. I was. Also, have you ever read a Cosmopolitan? It's not rocket science. Like it's not comp. It's not a complicated read. Yeah. I mean, I get that it's adult fair, but still like it reminds me of this time I was at the mall. I was a kid. I would have been like six or seven and me and my dad were at a bookstore and I wanted this choose your own adventure book about werewolves. And he was like, all right, open it to a random page and read it. And if you can read it, I'll buy it. And I fucking opened it and goddamn nailed it because I knew how to read. Like I found Sesame Street condescending a little bit as a kid. It's like, man, I know the alphabet. Get the fuck out of here, you feathery bastard. Is that Big Bird or Big the Bird, thing yeah. that he's friends yeah, Big with? Bird. I called him feathery bastard just now. <laughs> As a kid, also. 
Yeah. As a, yeah. So kids can read. Kids can read. It happens. Also, again, Cosmopolitan, it's not like they opened up the encyclopedia. Yeah. Per, you know what I mean? It was like, it talks about, you know, how to get a guy in 12 different ways. Like, it's not. Yeah. She just unfolds the Mayan calendar and is like, so on this day. <laughs> Jesus. Exactly. Like, I don't remember who brought that up, but I, when I saw that, I was like, these people clearly haven't read adult trashy magazines. They're not. And we also find out Christine was lying about a lot of the things she claimed the kids were accomplishing. Like, and Michael is the one who points that out. Like, she's got this transcript for the the kid she turned oh, into yeah. a genius. And he's got like uh, A plus in piano. Yeah. Like A Michael plus in speaking Korean. And Michael's like, that kid doesn't fucking speak Korean. We don't, don't have, have a piano. A piano. <laughs> yeah. And she was doing the same thing with Natalia at first. Like she's really, she was really trying to push Natalia to be that second project kid. And then when the wheels start falling off and it's clear that's not going to work, she starts trying to get rid of her. One of the first times it seems like that became clear, it wasn't going to work. And this is according to Natalia. She tried to get Natalia to do physics homework and she would have been like eight, nine, 10, something like that. And Natalia was like, I don't know how to do physics homework. You crazy? Yeah. I and can she add. sits her down and makes her do it. And when she's not able to do it, pepper sprays her. Pepper sprays her. Damn. Like, I hope someone attacks that woman in Florida. I hope as soon as this comes out, her house get. I, like, I don't wish violence on people, but this woman is. Yeah, I don't usually. Not a person. But yeah, like there's sometimes where like there's a person I do wish violence on, but like justice would be better. Yeah. This woman can get struck by fucking lightning. Like, I don't think she's a person. Anytime. You know what I mean? Like, there's no soul in that person. Yeah. She's she's the shape. She's Michael Myers. Like, she's just oh, an embodiment God, of evil. That's what they call him? That's so scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was oh. originally just called the shape. So, seven months in, Natalia is failing to become a prodigy. And even worse, she has all these medical problems. Like, I don't know how they didn't take this part into account. Like you don't adopt a kid who is in the condition Natalia is in at that age and just go, well, yeah, that's probably all fixed. Like we're not going to yeah, deal with be fine. any of that. Right. And meanwhile, Natalia's like, my shoes cost $30,000, man. Everything about me is fucking expensive. I need <sighs> surgeries every week. Like how did they not take that into account? I don't get it. And also like, had they, had she been adopted by a family that, knew what they were doing, had the means, you know, all that, like she would probably, I mean, still would be disabled, but be able to walk better, like be able to wear, you know, like she, like they fucked her for life because they yeah. didn't help her and not just mentally, but physically for the rest of her life, her, yeah. her body's fucked up because she didn't get those surgeries she needed. Yeah. One of the families that wanted to adopt her mentions that Yeah, because they got her one surgery and they were like one surgery. That's a drop in the bucket. Like, <sighs> She needs constant surgeries at that age. And yeah, now she has to wear $30,000 shoes. They look cool though. A little bit. They do look cool. God, I'd maybe wear them. Like I'd wear them on stage. <laughs> if you don't I'd know what they look like, bit. they're like, they're like mid calf boots that are heels yeah. kind of yeah. <laughs> buckled. I would pay like a lot of money to watch you wear those on stage. Not $30,000, but. Well, that's what it's going to cost if you want to get <laughs> We should be, we should get matching pairs and <laughs> go on the road. <laughs> and like, I get it. Like I get something like you adopt a kid and you're in over your head and 
that's a problem. What do you do? You maybe like put her back up for adoption. What yeah, you can do is get her her own apartment in the worst part of Indiana, with all due respect to Gary, Indiana, and yeah. like just drop her there. Like they were clearly trying to get her killed. Yes. Yeah. They wanted her to die in that apartment. That was obvious. And this is before the Lafayette apartment. This is the first apartment that we saw in the first season. Right. That because they re-interviewed that older lady who was like, nah, the old na- the neighbor at the first apartment. And she's like, no, she was 22. And they're like, no, we're giving you proof now that was a child. And the woman was like, no. And it's like, but yes, like here's yeah. the proof. And it's wild to me what adults will do. They'll do like mental gymnastics in order to justify standing by while abuse happened. Like instead of that woman just being like, fuck, at least yeah. the neighbor was like, fuck, you know what I mean? But this other neighbor is like, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. That woman, well, I have her name somewhere in the notes. We'll find her. We'll find the you. Old, the, the really old lady. Yeah. But first, what about the tampon incident? Like Christine essentially raped her. She raped her. She raped her with a tampon. Yeah. And then when blood came out, you broke her hymen, you stupid bitch. That is why it was bleeding. Not because like. And then she was like, see, you are having your period. It's like, damn. And then Michael saying that she like when Michael was like, yeah, I I asked her what happened with her period. And she said every time, like how I hit it was I ate it. Yeah. Remember that? Like, and Natalia's like, what? Yeah. What the fuck? Oh, he lies throughout this entire thing. Like he'll say one thing and then they'll show him on video two years prior saying literally the opposite thing. I hate him, but raped her with a tampon to be like, you're an adult. Adults get like, yeah, it, that was a shocking moment. And I feel like they kind of gloss over it a little way too much. Like they really speed past that. And that's, that's a huge allegation. Like. Like that's, that's, a, that's, that's sexual, sexual abuse. abuse. Yeah. And they also, I mean, they gloss over a lot of the sexual stuff that I believe happened to her because and when, when she was like t- touching that little boy as a little girl yeah. and they were like, that's an adult. And it's like, well, no, little kids don't do that unless they've seen or had that done to the, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, they gloss over a lot of the sexual abuse that definitely happened to this little girl. Yeah. But the tampon thing tampon thing is wild the pledge in the coffee incident where christine claimed that natalia put pledge like like cleaning solution in her coffee and she's like they show the video where she's like trying to film natalia doing it and natalia's got like her hands aren't natalia can't hold not like yours to quote jewel like she can't fucking that's a good song yeah it's a pretty good song I like how much you love women pop stars. That was a deep hole on my part too. Yeah. Because there is a really cute part. I don't remember where it is, but there's there's a part. Oh, it's like right here. It's during the pledge incident where I forget what Natalia says, but she tries to do air quotes. And then she goes, I can't even do that. And she's talking about air quotes. So like, of course she can't like fucking hold down that pledge thing and like, She's trying to make her do it on this video. It's so weird. It's so fucking weird. It's this. I don't know how to wrap my head around the fact that this is this is documented and this is a human being person, Christine, and she's not locked up. That they're, they're just yeah, like I can't. She's in Florida now because I assume she was just going to fuck off to Canada forever. 
But, yeah, I think she's in. I mean, I googled it. I think it's, it said Florida, but I didn't Google it. I didn't hardcore Google it. I just saw Christina Barnett is now residing in Florida, and Michael Barnett is still in Indiana. And I was like, that's good enough for me. Now, here's an interesting moment that comes up: is it was mentioned in the first season this incident where Natalia was found like standing by their bed with a knife. And at first, she makes some really good points. She's like. I'm too weak to stab anyone. I can barely hold a knife with these fucking hands. We just talked about that with the pledge. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I'm too short to see over the bed. That never happened. And they revisit that part. And it's very interesting. But in this wait? moment, she makes mm -hmm. some really good points. I still believe her. Like we watch how hey, fucking we'll disabled this, this, this broad is. This broad. Sorry. She's 22 now. So we can call her broad. Right. But do you remember when it comes back up? Yes. And like, it is maybe the one time in this whole documentary where I believe Michael, because every other thing he's either like dodging the question or like trying or like won't answer the question and with or making this, him the victim also. Yeah. And with this, there's none of that. She's like, well, I couldn't see over your bed. And he's like, I don't fucking care. You were standing there with a knife. Like, he's like, you, I know what I saw. And even like, they have like a a reporter or like a law, law expert. I don't remember. She's part of the documentary. Her Is that the blonde woman who, yeah. who kind of talks like this? Yeah. And she's watching yeah. it and she's like, now at first Natalia's like really defiant. Like I wouldn't do that. And the more Michael talks, she like starts sitting back like, Oh fuck, maybe I did. And then they show the interview with the FBI agent in 2014. Oh yeah. Natalia was like, yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll hide a knife under the refrigerator or something. And like, that's the thing. Natalia was a kid. So she's also going to forget shit. She also was a kid. Like, I can't, even though that's a little like, oh, what else is she not remembering? She also was a kid in a very scary situation. Yes. And that also comes up. Maybe she was hoarding knives for self-defense. For safety. Yeah. Like, Which maybe she was standing over your bed with a knife because your wife pepper sprayed her the day before because she didn't know how to do physics homework. Yeah. Like. Yeah no jury in the world would convict her that's a that's a movie sorry <laughs> several movies no no jury in the world but it's true you know like yeah so i don't but i also don't think that's the slam dunk i don't know those her hands well, she can't it's i don't i don't mean to say it like it's a slam dunk like no i know i mean she can hold shit like she can't probably stab a person to death but she can hold a knife like she can hold yeah. things with her hands. Like it's not like all of her objections, like, well, the knives were always up too high. Maybe this one wasn't. Maybe this yeah. one fucking fell. Like, I also don't find it that damning that she was holding a fucking knife. Like she seemed like she was a troubled child. Who went okay. That's what I meant. The slam dunk. And like, well, now she's a bad kid. Like now she's a villain. Like, no, no. like I think Why she was an abused. Yeah. We just said she might've been hoarding knives for self-defense. Like that's like, I, I don't find it that crazy that she would be holding a knife. I just found it interesting that there was one moment where you hear her side of it and it seems very convincing. And then you hear the other side and it's like, okay, well, this is like the Washington generals scoring a point on the Harlem Globetrotters. Like Natalia's dominating this argument. <laughs> I don't even Michael know what that means. This one thing <laughs> where he's like, all right, yeah, but you did have a knife. 
And Let me like, ask right, you this fine, though. Maybe I had a knife. That makes me trust her more though, because when she realized that he, she might have been wrong about a, a, a detail, she didn't double down and like like dig her he, heels in the sand. She was like, "Yeah, I might have." Yeah, you know, and that made me be like, "All right, well, at least we know if something is like she will admit." Yeah, the part where they sent her to a halfway house was pretty wild because they tried to get her locked up in an insane asylum and they were like, there's nothing wrong with her. We can't, we're not keeping her. We can't her. keep her. Didn't they re-age her while she was in the insane asylum and somehow they were like, hey, she's actually not nine, so you need to move her over to the adult unit and that's when they moved her to the adult unit and she started saying sexual shit to the right. male. Which yeah. again, every time that comes up, I'm like... That's a kid. Like you're asking the wrong questions. Like if she did say sexual shit to the dudes in there, your question should be why, like, where'd she learn that? Who not, the fuck taught her this? What did they do? 21. Like what the fuck? Yeah. And then they moved her to the halfway house after that. Right. Right. Yeah. Which sounds like it was essentially a crack house. Oh my God. And then someone free, I think it's Michael that freaks out about that. And they're like, all right, we'll get her her own apartment. And that's when they talked to Sue McCallum, who is her fucking dinosaur of a neighbor. Sue. Sue is still convinced that Natalia was an adult. And it seems like a lot of that has to do with the fact that at one point, Natalia went to a guy's house <sighs> and went in for a long time and stayed there for a while and then came out. And we find out what happened is... She was a child walking around, seeing if anyone would just talk to her or be her friend. And she runs into the apartment complex sex offender who is standing at his door. He invites her in. He's not wearing any clothes and he's watching porn. And he tells her to, you know, just sit down and watch a little porn with him. And somehow that incident leads Sue McCollum to think, oh, well, yeah, she was actually 22. It's like, man. I know victim blaming wasn't a phrase when you were cognizant, but Google it on your jitterbug phone. You old yeah. bat. You old bitch. Ugh. Like, I think, and again, I think it's just, it's easier for people. I have a, a cousin who is a doctor and when children report abuse, she is like, I do everything I can do, but the mental gymnastics adults will do to blame the child. So we, they don't have to see, and it's not conscious. It's just, it's easier to make you a liar than it is to believe this heinous shit goes on in the world. And yeah. And who knows what actually, I mean, what more happened in that place? Because they're like, she went in there for a long time and that's all she remembers. Like, yeah. And then she comes out and she tries to touch another little kid. Like, and then that old woman is like, yeah, but he's also, that, that guy's a big creep. Like he exposed himself to one of the neighbors. I hope she lives a long, long dragged out rest of her life alone. Yeah. But, but yeah. I do being so gross about this kid. This obvious So child. gross. And how are you that old and you can't recognize a fucking child when you see one? Right? Like, and, and. While we were watching the first season, both of us were like, yeah, that's a little kid walking around being like, I live in an apartment alone. Let's see who wants to hang out. Yeah. Oh, you're like wandering into someone's house. Like even she says in this in this season, she's like, I was a kid. I didn't know that stuff wasn't something you were supposed to do. Plus, and, she had no guidance. And there's even in season one, there's all these people who are like, like, I think there's like a manager or an office worker at the apartment complex. Who is like, 
all I know is sometimes she would just like come and sit in front of my desk and eat the free candy on my desk. And that is not what a person in their twenties does. No, that is what a kid does. And the thing is that brings up an obvious question that Natalia herself asks a whole bunch, which is, so why didn't you like call the police? If you knew I was a child with my own apartment, like why did no one say anything? And she gets to confront someone about that. A former neighbor who this is the woman who, when Natalia asks her, like, why didn't you just come ask me if you had all of these concerns? Because this woman had heard that, or Christine told this woman that Natalia like hit her kid or was like, was like pulling knives, threatening. Yeah. And Natalia was like, well, why didn't you ask me? And I feel like that woman was this close to being like, well, because you were a kid. You were a kid. Also, this woman in the first season, we talked about this in the last episode, how, you know, those people in the documentary who are just waiting by the phone, they're like, would you like to be? Yes, I would like to be on the document. You know what? And her tone is totally different this go around because it's like, oh, shit, I like I I don't look as good as I thought I did in the first. You know what? I, like it's completely different now because she was like, yeah, and like gossipy, and now she's just like looking at this little girl who's now I believe twenty two, nineteen or twenty two, right? Yeah, I think I think twenty two. It seems like because we skipped over it in the notes, but there's that part. I think it might even be episode one of this season where she goes to a company that does genetic testing solely yeah. for the purpose of determining exactly how old a person is. And the guy was like, yeah, you're closer to 22. And it's like, yeah, now, not in 2009, but now she's 22. Like her birth, can you imagine her birth certificate, like her, her, I think they've they've since changed it, but it was legally 32 or something like that at 19. Like, I'm I'm not good at math, but you you do the math. Yeah. That scene at the end where she's in court, the judge is like, yeah. So like legally you're in your thirties. Yeah. And that was also my question when she's in her, when she's talking to that neighbor, it's like, if you're that neighbor, are you looking at her and being like, she doesn't look 32. <laughs> like, yeah. Or she like, doesn't like a look 20 year old now. Yeah. And if you're that neighbor, I just, I feel like that is a thing that happens though. A lot in our society is that like, it's none of my business, none of my business, better protect my own, you know? And yeah. I think a lot of kids get pushed by the wayside because better not be in someone else's business. But it's like, that's, I don't yeah. know. If you see something, say something. I, I don't even know what the solution is. And I don't even know. Yeah. The crazy thing is this whole documentary, like this whole second season could just have been like someone holding up a picture of her in 2009 in a picture now. Like that's clearly a child and an adult. There's nothing else you really need to see unless you're like actively lying to yourself about how, like, unless you just deep down in your heart, want this to be the movie version of events. And you like really want her to have been an adult when she was actually nine. Other than that, you can't look at those side by side pictures in the fucking thumbnail for this documentary and be like, yeah, that's, that's clearly a child and an adult. There's no, like there's, that's really all you need. That's all you need. She was clearly a child at in 2009. Fucking crazy. So speaking of that, one of the realest moments in this documentary, this was so perfect. I kind of wonder if someone in the production team was just a few streets away firing gunshots. Oh my go God. Back, they go back to the apartment in Lafayette where they dropped 
her off oh, with like the 19 stairs literally yeah. they counted 17 stairs up to her apartment yeah it's got stairs it's like not equipped for a person with the disabilities that she has they also and turned off her power in that apartment too took her cell phone away took her and on top of all that it is in a high crime neighborhood and it is a high crime neighborhood to the point that while they are conducting the interview, they're sitting outside on the steps of this apartment, gunshots. And they're like, oh, fuck. And at first they laugh. They're like, see, told you it's well, a they, bad neighborhood. They go, Hopefully that's fireworks. It was Cynthia Manns, her new mom. Yeah. And, and Natalia. And they were like, hopefully that we're hoping that's fire. We're hoping that's fireworks. No, and Natalia they kind of laugh. I hope that's fireworks. And Cynthia Manns was like, mm, that's gunshots. Yeah. And then they try to carry on with the interview, more gunshots. They're like, all right, we should, let's do this at a Denny's. Let's move on. Let's go inside. Yeah. It's at a Dave and Buster's or something. It's, it's wild out here. So yeah, that's what the apartment they dropped her off was like. And, and granted, they moved it, to Canada, just left the country. <laughs> like, And also like you want to think, oh, well, 2009, it probably wasn't as bad then as it is now. And just go look at crime statistics. Crime has been dropping for yeah, a long time in most places. I guarantee you that neighborhood was way more wild in 2009 than it is now. And they're still hearing gunshots during those interviews. I just like this whole time. I just like look at this little girl and like, I guess you just have to keep moving forward. You know what I mean? But like enduring everything she endured, I can't imagine at nine years old walking down that street and not having a, a soul in the world and just being like, yeah, I guess I'll climb these stairs. Hopefully I have something to eat. Like, and there's a really kind of ironic twist here where they drop her off and then they move to Canada, but then Christine starts concocting a plan to like get rid of Michael too, where she's basically trying to kind of like frame him for domestic violence, sort of like you'd have to watch the documentary to hear him explain it. But like she like basically instigates, gets him riled up to the point where he is like, I'm going to kill you. I will kill you. And then she turns on her cell phone and right. records him screaming. I'm going to kill you. And Michael's not playing with a full deck. So it doesn't exactly take, you know, a lot to instigate that right. guy. Right. Someone asked him not to say hell and he flipped out. Yeah. Yeah. So he like, lost his shit. Yeah. So I imagine. Yeah. So like she basically like instigated him and, and she's a psychopath. Like she's legitimately in the, Irony there, though, is that might be what kept Natalia alive in that apartment because Michael is now like barred from going to Canada. So he's back in Indiana also. And he claims, and I believe him, that he didn't know the power was cut off. And because I they have like, they have like text exchanges between them where he's like, you got to give her her fucking phone back. We can't have her there and have her not have a phone. And he's like, we have to turn the power back on. What the fuck are you doing? So like her plan kind of backfired in that way, in that keeping Michael in that proximity is probably why she didn't die in that apartment, which is a crazy, crazy notion. But twist of and that and I believe that Michael was abused by Christine. I believe yeah. that like I believe him and I'm not discounting that at all. I just don't like that he is his apology was like but it's also 
I also was oh. abused. And it's like, talk to your therapist, man. I this is a child, you know, like, yeah, I don't like this dude and I don't I hate this dude, but to, I'm not, like, I don't mean to like excuse anything. Oh no. And I don't think you saying, are either. Like it reminds me of a story I tell all the time. Steven Tyler from Aerosmith got mm-hmm. an underage girl pregnant Jesus. in the seventies, but it was fine because he got her parents to sign over guardianship of her so he could have sex with her without legal ramifications which i don't think that's even how that works but at one point that girl almost died in a house fire while steven tyler was on the road but she survived because she took shelter inside the fireplace and that was a tip she learned from a fire safety video hosted by bill cosby so who the fuck would expect him to be the good guy in this story of underage sexual assault? But here we are. He's still a fucking monster, but his fire safety tips did save one girl. And I did not know that about Steven Tyler. Oh yeah. Steven Tyler bragged about it in his biography. Like he's no qualms. I hate it here. Yeah. Yeah. We did a whole episode. Wait till you hear about David Bowie. Oh God. So yeah. Michael's I, monster, but he's also probably why Natalia didn't die. And also a victim. Yes. I do think that it sounds like she is a monster that, uh, you know, abused everyone. So I don't think, I don't think you're standing up for him at all. I just wanted for my own self to say, I also believe that men, you know, like, cause a lot of times people like men can't be victims. She's, you know, she's a woman, you know, that whole thing. But I wanted to just for my own, I believe he was a victim, but I believe he also is a monster, which both can exist. I think at the same time, they talk a lot about, how much she was abused in Ukraine. Yeah, this is a story that they also sort of breezed by. The neighbor, the tampon, and then this thing, they just sort of were like, what might have happened? Orphanage. They they talk about how this orphanage would do very unique things to try and get these kids to stay in bed. And that included dressing someone up as a monster and having them just like walk through this (laughs) orphanage like scaring the kids slowly like and it sounds horrifying like if you're a five six-year-old kid that would be so terrifying and that is bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the abuse it seems she went through in ukraine what what was the part though where she was with a man after the monster thing she was with a man for a little bit they gave her something she passed out woke up in a car and then they found a and then they showed her a photo of her like a man standing over her and she well, wasn't wearing anything and she was a child. It was, and she's like, how Dory she keeps that. Well, not that she keeps coming back to, but it's one that keeps coming up. And at first, like, I believe they show her a letter she wrote where she talked about this incident where someone came in and put a thing over her face and she just blacked out and then woke up and there was this weird man there. And she's like, Oh, Oh yeah, I think that did happen. And then they show an interview back when she was a child also talking about it. And the people making the documentary ask her about it. And at first she's like, uh, yeah, I think. And then they give her a picture and they're like, did you ever see this guy? She's like, oh fuck, that's him. How did you get that? Yeah. And so, yeah, it seems like she was horrifically abused in that orphanage and before she came to the United States. And I think that explains pretty much anything else after that. Like if she's standing by her bed with a knife, 
She's thrown your fucking other kids' cars into the street. Like, she is an abused child who's been passed around like nobody fucking wants her. Like, of course, that is going to blossom into some serious emotional problems. And I feel like, I don't think it's the documentary doing it, but there's still so many parts in this where they talk about it like, see, she was bad. And it's like, she was a kid. Kids get to be bad. Kids are allowed to be bad. And kids are bad when they've had a great upbringing. Kids are bad yeah. when they have a lovely home. Yeah. Like, there are serial killers who came from perfectly fine homes. Yeah. Like, and sometimes kids are bad. And then add this abu- the abuse in the Ukraine orphanage, then being passed around, then all the stuff that's happened. Of course, of course. And that's what kind of, that's what kind of annoy. I feel like this documentary is like doing a like, like milking it like being like is she evil you know like because we're making money people are watching and we are watching and we are talking about it but i think like at what point are we going to be like well why don't we just get her some therapy like why are we you know why jesus isn't going to heal this why don't we get her some help yeah hey everybody this is still adam still host of the podcast you're listening to Just dropping in to let you know that if you want to hear these episodes without annoying ads like this one, there is a solution. Just go to youdon'tpod.supercast.com and you'll find all sorts of subscription options. You can subscribe just to True Crime Sucks and Pretty Scary to get bonus episodes and ad-free episodes, or you can subscribe to everything we do. There's even lifetime subscription options. The possibilities are endless so to speak. Once again, that is youdon'tpod.supercast.com. Go there and get extra stuff and help keep the lights on around here. Thanks. We love you. Let's get back to the show. And so then episode five, Natalia and Michael sit down again to talk. This time, her new dad's not there. His lawyer's not there because those two don't get along whatsoever. No. And Michael looks like he, you know, just got off of his shift. Where did you say? Yeah. He, he looks like a the donut shop. He looks like Jack Black. If Jack Black sucked. Like, yes. Like if Jack Black wasn't a perfectly fine entertain, like Jack Black rules. This is oh, what Jack God Black he does God. look like if he sucked. I met Jack Black once and he could not have been fucking nice. I think I've heard nothing but good things about that yeah. guy. It's just yeah, lately. Was- Every there's news stories about everyone, and it's just like, so is everyone a monster? Is everyone a sexual predator? You know, yeah. like I met just- him at a party and let him cut in line, which also meant I just got to go in, like cut the line too, because that was Jack Black. And I thought nothing of it and was like, hey, yeah, fine. And like later on, he came up to me and was like, hey, man, thanks again. And like he was so nice. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, Michael looks like if Jack Black sucks. Like Jack Black, if Jack Black was the worst fucking thing to ever happen to Indiana. He wore a matching red hat and red, like bright red shirt with a penguin on it and a bright red backwards, backwards, like a fucking tool. Hey, I couldn't be bothered to wear anything normal to this driving up in his stupid white Miata. That's a Miata, right? I think it was a Miata. Yeah. He's, he's still rich, right? He seems like he's still got. I hope she sues the pants off of all of them. I hope. Me too. 
I hope season three is her just taking every red scent the two of them have. And then Christine gets that whole shark thing happen to her too. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. And yeah, episode five is where I start to really turn on Michael's lawyer because this is where he's like, keeps suggesting that, oh, but maybe there were dark things in her past. It's like, doesn't change the fact that she's a kid. Fuck face. Also, every family she's encountered have had. And it's like, she's still a kid. Still fucking kid. Also, also, you moron. It it is it is very documented that there's been some dark things in her past. One, two, maybe she's being passed around because these families don't understand. Like maybe the Shaconis got her and was like, we don't we're way in over our head. It is better for us to give her back to another family who is able to handle this this type of disability and this, this many surgeries instead of doing whatever the hell the Barnett's did. You know what I mean? This lawyer, fuck this lawyer all the way off. The first season I was like, this guy's kind of a fine, you know, he, you know, he was, took himself a little too seriously. And Michael was like, I'm cool. Cause I'm here with a, you know, whatever. But like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, once he started being like, there's something wrong with her. There's something, she's a child who is severely abused. Get hit by a car. Yeah. Wow, I'm wishing a lot of violence today. Yeah. But that's kind of what this documentary brings out because it's so obvious that this was all happening to a kid. And there's still so many people all these years later who are like, yeah, but, and it's like, there's no, yeah, but about it. There's none. This was like, it takes a village in reverse. Like everyone was kind of, if not directly, like tangentially abusing this kid. Like the courts were abusing her, the neighbors who were like, oh, I think that might be a kid that they're saying is 22 and never called anyone, never said anything. Like all those people are a little bit responsible. Yes. I'm, are you th- like, I'm thinking like if, if, if Natalia moved next door to me and was constantly trying to get into my apartment and seemed like a child and didn't have anyone around and I watched her parents drop off, are these people drop off loads of groceries and then she'd have to carry them in on her own. That was season one. I would be, one call my landlord be like hey something seems off and when my landlord was like yeah she keeps coming in and eating all the candy i would probably call child protective services right like that's what you that's what you call you'd call someone you wouldn't just be like well i'm gonna lock my door and avoid that nine-year-old i mean it's the same thing as michael seeing her get like savagely beat and being like what could i do it's like come on man you got to have some limits too And and also her him looking at her and being like Christine was threatening to take away my kids. And it's like, she was your kid too, man. Like, you know, like she, he is looking at Natalia saying, I, she was threatening me too, that she was going to take away my children. And like, but you adopted her. That's your kid. How, how do you have the audacity to look at one of your, your, the kid you adopted that legally is yours currently and say, I didn't do anything because I didn't, the other kids were more important. Like, yeah, that too. Like, and when he was talking about Canada, it was like, oh, well, she was living in that apartment with no, no, no electricity while gunshots with the bad neighborhood. Fuck off. You're not a victim. You're not a victim here. Oh, I hate him. But yeah, so they did have. Yeah. The one person who I think in this moment comes off the most level headed is her mom, Cynthia Manns. Yeah. Cause she's the only one who's like any of that, anything people are saying, she was a child. Like, Kids fucking act up. Kids do crazy shit. Like kids get in trouble. Kids do bad things. You don't get to drop them off at a flop house in West Lafayette, Indiana over it. That's nuts. Like that is, that is the most 
like, I get she didn't die, but like, what if she died? Like, this would be one of the most notorious child abuse cases of all time. If she died. died. And it should be one of the most notorious child abuse cases of all time. Absolutely. And also what's wild is how level-headed and kind Natalia seems with all of this happening. You know, like, she is just very, like, I'm just grateful. I'm really just trying to live my life. I, I, you know, I lost my childhood. And she's just trying to deal with whatever the fuck is going on inside of her body. You know what I mean? Like, they treated her like a person who buys an exotic pet and realizes they are in over their head. So they just fucking let it out in the woods somewhere. And it's like, well, that animal's going to die. It's not used to living there, but hey, it's off my hands. What do I care? Like, that's what they did to her. They released her into the wild with no regard for what happened. They just wanted something to happen. And that is, God, that is like another level. Like that, I know it's it's not worse than murder, but- But Murdering her would have been more humane. Yeah, it Uh, feels worse. Like, yeah, that is just such a blatant disregard for someone as a person. Like, like she was subhuman to them if they're able to do that. And like Michael too. Like, I think that's why he won't answer the question about who had the idea to re-age her because I feel like it was his idea. Oh yeah, it's that like off that insane and he doesn't again not playing with a full debt like i can see him being like well we'll just say she's this age we'll say the pubic hair like i don't even i don't even know where the thought process is yeah and like i'm glad they didn't murder her. i don't mean that i just mean more humane that's than what they did and i'm glad she's i'm very happy she survived and i hope yes i hope this this whole fiasco is making her all of the money that will set her up for her life. You know, like I just hope. Yeah, that, that would be a good twist. They, uh, so a lot of episode five is just her and Michael going back and forth. This is where they talk about the knife thing. Uh, they talk about a lot more abuse that she endured all very fun television. Can't recommend it enough. And he wouldn't talk about the re-aging and everyone speculating because of legal purposes. Right. And this is where they mentioned that Christine was doing all this while running a foundation dedicated to ending the mistreatment of disabled people, which again, there are just some fucking psychopaths in the world and she's one of them. And we're also reminded that near the end of season one there, we met Freddie Gill, who was, he is a little person. He's a oh yeah, musician he- or like an entertainer of some sort. And he was like, Christine tried to set me up on a date with Natalia. And this would be when Natalia was like nine and Christine knew how old Natalia was. And he was like, fuck no lady, which good on him. I mean, that's a very low, the bar is low in hell. bar to have to cross. The bar is in hell. <laughs> yeah. At least he fucking crossed it <laughs> yeah. good for him. Like glad you didn't want to have sex with an obvious nine year old. Yeah. Great. But then at the end of season one, they sort of like imply that, Michael has been accused of having sex with Natalia and all throughout this documentary, they're not coming back to that. They're not talking about it. And then finally at the beginning of episode six, they bring it up and uh, I, that is the accusation, but the way that accusation happened was Christine told Freddie Gill that Natalia had started sleeping with Michael. 
not being was, raped by an adult like that right. that i hate that they're like sex well because no i know from christine's per yeah I know. christine was trying to paint it as natalia being this secret adult who is now sleeping with her husband and i i was at least relieved to know that wasn't true because natalia herself is like what no and like i feel like if michael had no i believe both uh, yeah i feel like she would absolutely have no problem bringing that up yeah that would there would be a whole different documentary i don't think they would have waited till and she would have brought that up earlier but the level of psychopathy is that the word yes like that you have to have to go to someone and say that yeah like christine is not human you know like i just not human that was another thing the lawyer said so I, I don't know if we, we I think this was episode five when uh, Christine started cut, cut her hair off, Natalia's hair off and sort of wearing, putting makeup on her and sort of sending her out on trying to get her on dates. Yeah. My skip. And the lawyer was like, Natalia's acting like a big victim now because her mom was brushing her hair and putting makeup on her. I was like, I hope you get hit by yeah. a car. Like what? Like, no, that's not. That's very different from your mom brushing your hair to your mom setting you up on dates and trying to get you to have sex with a, a, a Freddie Gill or saying that she, Oh, and like, what's he defending Christine for? Like, she's not, he's not her lawyer. Yeah. I just don't think he's a very good person. I like no. the first season. I thought he was just in for it, the money. And now I'm like, Oh, I think he's just like kind of a scummy person and or yeah, not a very this, smart one. It's actually episode six where they have the talk about the oh. knives and Michael's like, listen, anything else whatever but you had a knife dog you were fucking, <laughs> fucking knife freaked me out because by this point they're doing like a little bit of trauma bonding they oh, are crying they are christine yeah they are they are and it has to be kind of valid like validating internally for natalia to be like okay so i didn't make up that this woman was a monster you know like yeah. it's got to be it is trauma bonding. I just didn't like that he was like, you and I had the same monster. I call her evil. He's just so gross. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. just talk to her like a person. Stop acting like you were the, like, like to me, he was like, yeah, you had it bad, but listen to what I had to go through. Like, that's what his yeah. whole, yeah. He's almost like, well, you would have abused you too if you were in my situation. Yeah. I'm justified in not yeah. stopping any of this. Yeah. yeah if so you were I mean, me, you also would have let Christine beat you. It's like, mm, no. not. yeah. And yeah, they bring up reactive attachment disorder, which absolutely sounds like what Natalia had. It's a condition that prevents children from bonding with their family members. And you usually see it in kids who are adopted into a new family from a situation where they went through a lot of abuse or trauma. And so in this part, of the documentary they're starting to like hint or just openly talk about like yeah natalia did have some behavioral problems as a kid she had some emotional problems like there's a really sweet scene where she's talking they're talking to her one of the sisters in the family she's in now oh yeah and the girl's like oh, i don't want to say it but she bit me when i was a baby and like you can tell she doesn't she's like she's good like she's a good person, but she also fucking took a chomp when I was a baby. And again, she's a kid. 
She's like, a kid who went, it. not only like, it, it's like a kid who's been adopted. This is a kid who's been adopted several times. Like she also, the one family that had the daughter, the family of little people, she also spent a good deal of time with them too. And was being told you might live with these people. So she bought like, you know, this little girl bonded with like eight people before she was six. And then was put, you know, like, oh, I'm your new mom with no explanation. Of course she has all these, like, of course she, one, like you said, kids are kids, but then this kid went through a crazy amount of abuse. Of course she probably hit other kids. Yeah. I think I hit other kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like kids stuff. Like, sometimes kids have outbursts. Sometimes kids don't know how to control their emotions because they're kids, you know? And uh, was a sweet scene that the sister was like, oh, yeah. that broke my heart. But yeah, Natalia and Michael really go on a journey from episode five to six because they're like hashing everything out. And like sometimes Natalia gets the answer she wants. Sometimes she doesn't, but he fucking sucks. But at least he's talking and like trying to take a little accountability. Not enough. Definitely not but at enough. Least he's but at least he's like facing it. Whereas Christine is like obviously never probably going to address any of this. I mean, how would she, you know, like there's, there's, I want to tell it's season three. I'm going to tell my side of the story, yeah. you know, like what is I, the, our only option is to. And there's a moment where they're talking about the other kids, Ethan and Wesley. And it like, seems like it dawns on them both at the same time that like, they're talking about how much of a monster Christine is, and they haven't seen her since like the 2010s. Those two have been living with her the whole time. Mm -hmm. And they like both start fucking sobbing. And it's like, oh yeah, I bet it's rough. Like, who, who are those boys? I mean, those boys are twenties yeah. now. Yeah. So Natalia gets an apology from Michael and she forgives him, which I saw a thing on the internet recently I thought it was very eloquent. It was uh, forgiving a person who doesn't deserve it is the biggest flex of all. But because it was the internet, it wasn't just like a person saying that or like written in calligraphy on very nice stationery. It was a guy on a bike with a microwave over his head. He comes tearing around the corner on the bike, slams on the brakes, pops open the door of the microwave and goes, forgiving a motherfucker who doesn't deserve it is the biggest flex of all. And then slams the door shut and rides off. And God, I love the internet sometimes. I don't even know where to put that image. <laughs> I mean, who comes away? Like, you don't expect to come away from a video like, like that being like, yeah, that's kind of true. It's that's good, good advice. That's good advice. Wave on your head. Thank you for the wisdom. Micro, did he have a bike or a motorcycle? He was on a bike, like a bicycle. It was a bike. It was like a BMX bike. It wasn't even a ten speed. It wasn't a, a e bike. It it was a kid like bike. Essentially, it was like a dirt bike. Oh, that's fantastic, but true. And how do you get the microwave on his head? Like, obviously, did he cut a hole? But and also, what? can he see? I mean, yeah, he I mean, obviously can't because he had to open like, up the thing. Well, that's so we could see him. Oh, he could see have, us. Have you ever have you ever looked on in the inside, like from the inside of a microwave? Next time I get rid of a microwave, I'll rip off the door and see if you can see from the inside. I'm pretty sure you can. If you can see in, you can probably see out. But it's only if it's lit up. It's not like a police mirror. <laughs> I wish it was. That would be really. I mean, if bizarre. it's lit up, you don't want your head in there. I've seen 
the remake of Last House on the Left. I don't know what that means. Oh, it explodes. Well, spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen this movie that's about 10 years old now, but uh, one of the ways they eliminate one of the bad guys at the end is to stick his head in a faulty microwave that was like, it did this thing where it would keep running if you open the door. So they just like open the door and stuck his head in and hit the button. And his shit exploded. And I mean, that's also a documentary. So wait, what? That's a documentary? No, of course not. That's a horror movie. Oh, I was like, I feel like that's not okay. I'm embarrassed. So, <laughs> so anyway, she forgives him is what we're getting at. Oh, yeah, that went over the they which is they, they pray together. It goes on a little long. I, I wouldn't have minded some like Oscars playoff music, like some some wrap it up orchestra. Yeah, is he religious? Was he sitting there being like, all right, I guess I'll just sit through this whole thing and she's gonna be praying. She would just forgive well, me. Not just that, but am I crazy? Or does like, after she forgives him, he like pops up fucking high fives her and is like, later, bitch. And, and just tries to high, he, tr he tries to high five her and forgets her hands don't move. Like her hands are handy or disabled. But then keeps at it. He like tries to do a secret handshake. With and she's her. like, I'm not able to grip things. Why? What is happening? And he's still like, he's a, he's a. And then, and then, yeah, he's like later dog and just gets yeah. in his car, fucking hops in his convertible Miata and drives away with his, I hate him. Yeah. He's, he's the worst. I mean, sadly, not even the worst person in that, but, but yeah, he, yeah, I, there, that could have been editing. There could have been like some, mo but you would think yeah, that they would be like, hopefully there was a moment where he was like, all right, are we done filming? Thank you, Natalia so much. This was great. That, yeah. But we didn't see that. We saw him be like, peace. Yeah. Let's do this. handshake. The most awkward three minutes of the whole thing is him trying to get her hands to do things. And she's like, once again, I don't know why we have to go over this. I feel like we've done it enough. I don't work the way you work. Yeah. Like thumb wrestle me. Come on. <laughs> and then wild. he leaves. Yeah. And so it seems like it's, we, we reach the end and then, uh Oh, some text pops up on the screen and they're like, about six weeks after, because we see Natalia get officially adopted by the man. The man. And I think her age is, she's working on getting her age officially changed. Yeah. And so the adoption goes through and happy ending all around. And then, uh-oh, text pops up on the screen. About six weeks after Natalia's adoption, the filmmakers got a shocking phone call. And it is Antoine and Cynthia Mann being like, you got to get this fucking demon child out of our house. He actually uses the phrase, she's tweaking. Like they are irate. I don't know what happened. Let me ask you a question. So this documentary was probably filmed last year sometime, right? Yeah. Obviously we're five days into the year, uh, but like <laughs> six, six, six months ago, go to the man. So after I saw that, I was like, they just want us to keep watching this documentary because I went because there was also a moment where they said, uh, I can't remember which episode, but they said that the man's family had said that she was a bad person. They didn't want her and blah, blah, blah. And like some doctors made up some stuff. And Cynthia and Antoine Manns were like, we never said any of that stuff. And so you go to, so I Googled it afterwards and I knew they had a TikTok from, it's the man's family TikTok um, from the last documentary because I wanted to check up on her. And they decided to take a break from social media like two weeks ago. And then 
nine days ago, they posted a picture of her on Christmas with hashtag daddy's little girl. We love our princess. Like, I feel like this is like, okay. we, yeah, I feel like this is, we want you to watch the next season. By the way, we would interview Christine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would like to, so sorry to burst that, but yeah, but you're right. I'm looking at it now and yeah, there's pictures of like very recent pictures and they look perfectly happy. So I wonder, yeah, God damn it. Don't like stretch this out. Is that what they're going to do? I feel like that's what they want to do. They're like, people really loved this. So let's do some more. And it's like, well, I'm sure that there's some other like abused children that you can exploit, you know, like leave this family alone, give her some money, let her live her life. Yeah, that, that would be a bummer because up to this point, this I think is one of the better true crime documentaries. Like it's got lots of twists and turns. There's reason for it to be as many episodes as it is, I think. I love when, by the way, the first season, you were like, this is too long, too long. And then like two weeks ago, you're like, hey, there's going to be a second one. Do you want yeah. to? It's like, it's equally as long, but you're right. I think it's meant it should be this long. Yeah. I just love how much. I mean, they it. probably could have put some of this stuff in the first one, but I think they didn't know a lot of this. Like no. a lot of what is in this documentary, I think came out during Michael's trial, which was like just starting when the first documentary ended oh yeah because they had to like write like they had to be like two weeks from now this is where michael is now like because they yeah. didn't yeah. he got acquitted by the way that's the only part of this because you're right normally the true true crime sucks at the end of it we're like oh we feel bad but this one the only thing that's bad about it is those two people aren't rotting in prison or dead yeah like i'm i'm honestly uh relieved michael wasn't like sexually abusing her oh so yeah. Like that. I was sure that was coming. Like the way he responded at the end of season one, I was like, that's, that's what we're going to find out. And I was relieved to know at least it wasn't that. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't want to hate this documentary when season three rolls around and it's just about them having like a brief family dispute. And now everything's fine. Yeah, I feel like I'm like, just get your money and go. We don't need yeah. to. Yeah, because as soon as I saw that, I got really sad because I felt the same way. This is one of the better, happy ending, awful stories that at the end, you know, she gets adopted. She has a nice family. She's working on her life. And then they did that. And I was like, no, I'm going to look this up. And yeah, they recent pictures. They're pretty happy. Yeah. So if you watch it, know that Natalia Grace is probably not the weird monster they keep trying to make her out to be. She was really yeah. abused. And like seeing that on Instagram now and knowing that like whatever happened, it seems like they were able to work through it. It does suck that they end this documentary being like, but maybe, maybe she is a crazy, maybe, you know, like maybe she is a psychopath and yeah, no. Yeah. And it's like, what are you going to come back and tell me in part three that she's an emotional 20 something? It's like, no, that doesn't. First of happen. all, everyone was an emotional 20 something yep. and then add all that garbage yes. to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like getting a, a, an apology in a documentary isn't going to fix all of the trauma in her past. Like, that's still going to be a work in progress. Like, I don't know why it has to be like, it seems like she's being held to a weird standard. Yes. Where she has to just have either no emotional problems at all and has moved past everything, or she's a terrifying monster and you don't want her in your home. It's like, I feel like it's probably a middle ground there. There probably is a whole middle. toward 
She's just got some emotional problems still. It's like, of course she does. Of course. Of course she does. Does that make you feel a little bit better, though, seeing the TikTok? It, it enrages me about the documentary people, but it makes me feel better that she's not. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Good. We got to get her on the pod. Yeah. I'll reach out. Yeah. Reach out. Yeah. Tweet at her. Hey. X at her. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Tw- tweet currently known as X at her. X at her. <laughs> I hate it here. I hate it here. <laughs> uh, so I think that's it. That's, Did we do it? That's our episode. We blew through this six episode documentary in one hour and approximately 35 minutes. Kim, thank you so much. I, I hate that we didn't get to watch this in person, but I'm also glad we didn't watch this in person. Yes. It would have been. Yes, that. Because <laughs> I did a lot of yelling and I, yeah, I I wish we would have watched it in person, but maybe would have we would have either gotten very close because we both would have been so sad or mad. Yeah. I was so mad. I was so mad. I was angry. I was very angry watching this I, and very sad. There were, I think I cried and yelled "fuck you" at the TV more than I ever have at most things. Yeah, yeah, I did that a bunch. Oh, maybe we should have watched it together. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but thanks for thanks for Next time. We'll watch part three. Yeah, and we'll probably just scream a lot more than cry because yeah, it's over. It's this is a good ending documentary. People give us a ha- like. I mean, if it's not a happy ending, sure, but like. Yeah. Did you forget about the internet documentary people? We can look up how all <laughs> these people are doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Yeah. So, Kim, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, thank you. What do we, this feels like a great time to plug stuff. Uh, what what do you got to plug before we get out of here? I mean, what if I don't know? Because I it's oh, the fourth okay. of January. I yeah, think sure. I have a show on the eleventh. I think you do too. I have crawl space, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I don't know. My life is in shambles. Oh, all right. It's not really, but I just looked at the comments and Shannon Shannon said, no, it's his podcast license, though. I'll never. <laughs> no, yeah, you're never going to live that. I'll home. never let that down, will I? No. Thank you. Thank you. Of course not. Of course not. Um, oh. But yeah, I will, I will have stuff on KimCrawl.com and also follow me on Instagram, K-Y-M-K-R-A-L. I'm trying to get my, I'm, I'm, I'm putting clips on TikTok again, and I know people are upset about that. That's like a controversial thing in the comedy world, people doing right. it. But I don't know. I'm like... Because some people are like, you shouldn't, that, that that's a stupid part of the business. I'm like, I don't know. I got, I, the we, when I was doing it for like a month, I got like a hundred new listeners on, on Crawlspace. I'm like, I, it works. So I'll be on TikTok too. So. Paul, All right. You, what about you? What do you got going on, Adam? I got nothing. Let's get out of here. All right. Kim, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>